Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Fashida. And I'm Jamie. So, last weekend was busy. Yes. There were women's marches everywhere. Yes. Which was very fun and exciting. So, we were split in three. We went to three of the, what I think ended up being six across Ohio. There was the... Were there really? Because there was one, there were big ones in like Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, and Dayton. And we were in Columbus, Dayton, and Cleveland. The other C, almost at Cincinnati. Not that one. Um, And then there was um, an associated march that kind of happened on Sunday in Toledo. It was like a unity march with the YWCA or YMCA or something. And then I think Athens and maybe like even like Nelsonville or something. Like some some other two little tiny ones happened in other places. So we had a good representation everywhere. Uh, Ohio University had a a march. The the OU Post or the Athens Post talked about it. Sounded good. Um, And the the one in Toledo, it it was you're right. uh, The YWCA. and we shared it, and I, I I shared it on the Facebook page, and I thought, well, you know, it's it's not, um, you know, the YWCA. I'm never quite sure, you know, how to position them in terms of because they do women's programming. Mm-hmm. It's the YW, yes. <laughs> um, but then their national office put out like a really strong, um, bold statement. Pro choice mm-hmm. state. Oh yeah, they're on totally the pro choice. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wait, yeah, I think oh, the well. I think the one in Toledo even like registered as like one of the official like sister marches of from mm-hmm. what I heard from the folks up there. And we did have a couple of volunteers who went there with signs and stuff up there too. So yeah. So it was fun. We did a table in Columbus. I did the first part. She did the second part. Yes. Yeah, with <laughs> lots of people in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it went pretty well. When I got there, I was surprised by the amount of people that were there already. Um, I mean, everyone was ready and equipped with signs and ready to march, and the atmosphere was just great. The mood was um, exactly where it needed to be, and I think it went. Uh, it was a very successful march. Mm-hmm. These yeah. were speeches inside the convention center. Correct. I didn't get to hear any of these because I was down at the state house waiting for like the end of the march. How, how did the how did the the speeches and how did the convention mm-hmm. center part of the day go? I didn't get to hear speeches either because I was tabling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that um, was happening. Yeah. The tabling went very well, though. The convention center, I mean, like I said, it was a good amount of women, men, and children. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the representation was there. The energy was there. We had so many supporters coming to our table just thanking us for being here. Like, I, I don't know if they maybe didn't expect us, but they were just excited to see Nara. And I'm like, yeah, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, from my perspective, it was great. How about yours? Yeah, no, it went really well. I didn't see um, any of the speakers either, but the lineup was fabulous. A really good, diverse lineup of varying people and everything. Um, And I I liked how it really encompassed a lot of the issues. I know that there were the big speakers at the convention center, and then they did little short rally speakers. And I saw some of our um, amazing immigration activists, Ruben, um, talking about um, Edith Thoman, who's in Sanctuary in a church, in the Mennonite Church in Clintonville, here in Columbus and, and a lot of those issues that, you know, sometimes get shoved under the rug um, in a lot of these places. So I was really excited to really see the, you know, breadth and depth of all of the issues that they were looking at. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, <clears throat> I uh, was down at the state house waiting. Um, the, the wind chill that morning was bitter. Like <laughs> um, but waited and and met the march as it came downtown. Um, and we've got a, a really terrific Facebook Live video. Uh, it's it's like an hour long. I didn't realize it was that long. I, <laughs> I was literally like stopping by the state house on my way to the grocery store, <laughs> and then I looked at it later and I was like, "Oh wow, I shot an hour's worth of video." Um, but so if people want to see the speeches at the state house, see the signs, see the marches, um, there were some uh, some. People protesting the protest, uh, some antis, uh, <laughs> of course, singing right? the hymns, um, and uh, you'll you'll see on uh, on our video that uh, they're blocked by this massive sign <laughs> uh, by some friends of ours that says "fragile masculinity." Who've been podcast guests before, <laughs> yes. actually, nice. featured on this show. Hi, yeah. Michelle. The the feminist flag corps did a great job <laughs> yes. of, uh, of of blocking that. Yes, I love with them. a very accurate, yes. very very accurate fragile masculinity sign. Yeah. So yeah, so that was Columbus, and then Kelly Freeman, an organizer, was there in Dayton um, and gave a fabulous speech, so we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, You should totally check out that rally as well. It went really well. There was a packed house in the square where they had their little rally. It wasn't really a march. It was more just a rally in Dayton, so that was awesome. Right. That video is um, from the Dayton Daily News Ohio Politics Facebook page. We found it, but it's, again, the the full thing, so if you want to see Kelly's uh, speech, check out the show notes. Mm-hmm. So Yay. that was great. Yeah. Then Pam did Cleveland. Yes. It looked like it was awesome too. So absolutely. Even when it was way colder up there. Uh, speeches in, you know, New York city, Washington, DC, mm-hmm. uh, cities the big, all, huge all March was in Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which <laughs> I would have <laughs> rather have been at. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Looking around, where else should we go? Yeah, someplace warm. That sounds like a good yeah. idea. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, especially in light of the fact that, you know, the government shut down like the day before. So right. D.C. would have been really mm. weird. I mean, they still did one in D.C. on Saturday, but it yes. would have been probably a little more technically difficult to get everyone around D.C. with. Right. Joyce Beatty, um, she was in Washington mm-hmm. because she was helping, you know, work on the government shutdown to try and get things back up and running. Um, but she posted a lot of pictures of her uh, her her local office staff and volunteers. Mm-hmm. They had some really great uh, pink Joyce Beatty hats um, here in Columbus. Of course she had so, fashion because uh, <laughs> that's totally Joyce Beatty. I love she's it. She's fabulous and I love her. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, but yeah, you know, other other members of Congress uh, definitely, you know, tweeted out support um, as they uh, as mm-hmm. they could um, from D.C. as they were working to reopen the government. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand for the life of me that the Republicans tried to put the blame on the Democrats, but it's like you control the House, you control the Senate, <laughs> exactly. you control the White House. Why on earth <laughs> would anybody <laughs> believe that the Democrats are the ones uh-huh. that are causing this problem? Well, thirty-five percent of America will believe anything you say. So you know, <laughs> there's that. I mean, they believe that the media is fake and Trump's the best thing ever, and all this other bullshit. So of course they'll right. believe that. It's just the other sixty-five percent of us who you know have thinking brains. Right. Absolutely. So, back open again. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. See if the Republicans actually hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah, I mean. Very unlikely, but I mean, yeah. it was a small shutdown, three days, so still had an effect, but... Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Donald Trump has already rejected a bipartisan immigration fix, so exactly, I can I can see us very easily headed right back into a government shutdown. And <laughs> on the ninth, I think is the day they gave the or the eighth was somewhere in that period of time in February with the deadline. So right. Yeah, a lot of the discussion was over uh, DACA, uh, yeah. you know, the Dreamer kids. Um, the other big issue that was discussed um, is CHIP, the the mm-hmm. Children's Health uh, Insurance Program. Right. Um, you know, that has been, uh, you know, an uncertain status since September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason that we know about that is because Sherrod Brown has been talking about the importance of securing health care yeah. coverage for children since the very moment when... Mm-hmm. Congress failed to reauthorize the program. Yeah. Well, I think that was the one big win out of yes. the shutdown because they did get reauthorized for a whole six years. So it's not another we gave them 30 days or four days or whatever the yeah. heck they were thinking about. So, right. So, yeah. But I mean, they, they really need to fix immigration. If we don't fix this immigration problem, you hear day after day after day another person's getting deported who has absolutely no reason to be deported from this country back to a country yeah. that they've never known or knew exactly. when they were two. Um, you can just imagine, you know, living your entire life in a country and then being kicked out to a country that you may not even know the language for. Right. Exactly. There was yeah. a doctor in Michigan whose parents brought him from like Poland yeah, or something. It was like an Eastern European uh-huh. country and, Kal- and he lived in Kalamazoo. He was a doctor. He had a permanent green card. And he's now being held in an ICE facility faced with deportation because yeah, he had a he misdemeanor. He a, a wife and two kids, I believe. Yeah. And they're, they're claiming it's because he has misdemeanor charges from when he was 17, which isn't actually grounds for deportation. But they're now deporting this guy who is a doctor in Kalamazoo, Michigan, back to a country that... He's he nowhere knows. near familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Democrats need to get on that and force that issue because, you know, you can't ignore these people and the struggle of these people and they just keep getting shoved. Well, we got chips. That's great. But we need to protect these people. Right. So, yeah, get on that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I look at the entire immigration thing and it's, it's just so, so ignorant and insulting I look at my own family history. You know, mm-hmm. I was born in Ohio. My parents were born in Ohio. Their parents were born in Ohio. But you don't have to go back another couple generations, and pretty soon mm-hmm. it's they were born in Ireland, they were born in Germany. They came here. They made their way to Ohio. You know, they cleared the woodlands. They made the fields. The entire, you know, agricultural backbone of this state is due to the hard work of immigrants who came mm-hmm. to this okay. country. That's yeah. true. You know, and if you're saying that those immigrants are bad, then you're kind of saying that my ancestral Mm -hmm. immigrant heritage is bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty insulting. We're not that old of a population. I agree. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's the same, you know, why are all these poor people coming to the United States? We need the rich people from all the other countries to make America great. immigrants were poor. Exactly. (laughs) Pouring fields in Putnam County, Ohio. (laughs) You know, this wasn't a wealthy paying job. Drain this, you know, literally drain this swamp. Yes. And, you know, plant a cornfield here. Yeah. So, you know, this is the the low paying gig of the 1880s, Uh you know. 
We've seen this debate over and over and over again, no matter who the immigrants are. You know, we, we think about, oh, all those white people who immigrated were fabulous. Well, not actually. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were called all kinds of names that we don't speak out loud any longer because they were unwanted poor people coming to this country and they built this country. And exactly. immigrants continue to build this country. And contributed greatly to this mm-hmm. country. So, yeah, I mean, right. so it's so annoying. So fix it. <laughs> Stop yes. being jerks. Those are words I can say on the radio. Yes. Racist jerks. Racist jerks. Um, okay, so we talked about uh, the women's marches and the government shutdown. Trump yesterday, um, there was some great audio on Rachel Maddow where uh, apparently he just like walked down the hallway in the White House right into a gaggle of reporters oh. and they just started asking him questions and he just started <laughs> answering them. Apparently he's <laughs> promised to go under oath when he talks to Bob Mueller, <laughs> which everyone was like, what? Right. <laughs> and now he's okay. in Davos, Switzerland, and he's never coming home. <laughs> right. Um, somebody uh, put a great question on Twitter and noticed that nobody, even though there's been opportunities to ask him questions, nobody's asked him uh, hey, Mr. President, did you actually have an affair with Stormy Daniels? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Personally, it's wow. because nobody cares. Exactly. And it's actually, it's a distraction. Like, I, I don't, I don't care. I mean, yeah, he's a crappy, crappy human being. I can't say the mm-hmm. words I want to say on the radio. <laughs> For having an affair, like, what was it, like, days, weeks after his son was born. It's the amount of time that Aaron <laughs> Trump has been on this planet. Yes. I mean, it was within, okay. you know, like a month of his youngest son being born. And yeah, I mean, he's an awful human, but we knew he would, I mean, this is at least consensual. Like, at a minimum, like, let's continue to be pissed off about all these sexual assaults he did. Okay, so my question is, are people more upset about the actual fact that he had an affair or that he tried to pay her off or paid her off? $130,000 or whatever. Uh, I mean, I guess that remains to be known, which people are more upset about. I don't think people are upset about either of them. That's why it's not getting coverage. Like, it's so <laughs> not not a story. I mean, there are mm, 5 yeah, million... Just a little coverage. Yeah. Just, yeah, it wasn't a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, think about all the other, uh, you know, instances of misconduct and affairs and, mm-hmm. you know infidelity and bad behavior by elected officials and that's what for the this problem to get is like swept under the rug exactly we're, but it's not sweeping uh, i mean we're going through a transformation right now where we're trying to actually hold uh those who are in office accountable but i don't think we are we just don't care like we really just don't care there are so many other reasons that he's a bad god awful human being that True. like <laughs> This just doesn't rise. That I mean, actually affects when, our lives. When I the guess. Lewinsky stuff came up about Bill Clinton, he hadn't had a torrid history of five million other things he had already done. This was kind of the yeah, like. Yeah, they tried to impeach him. Yeah. Did impeach. Did impeach. Did impeach. And did, did, yeah. In fact, in impeach over, him. Yeah. Yes. Overturned. Over lying about what the definition of and was or whatever <laughs> our yeah. favorite line from the 90s was. Like, it's just. I just... I mean, there were lots of calls for Al Franken to resign Mm -hmm. based on behavior of his own from before he was in the Senate. Um, You know, and and I agreed with, you know, those people Mm -hmm. that said, hey, you know, this this is inappropriate behavior. We're changing things. Yes. If we kicked every legislator out that had affairs, there would not be legislators. And then we could bring in some new ones. (laughs) Why are people so... um, Okay with attacking one and not the other. 
I think I don't think Which it's actually it should be, you know the president obviously should be held to a much higher standard oh, de- anyways. Definitely, I just don't think that from the people I talk to, it's that like why do we care about this consensual affair that he had more than grabbing women by the you know whatevers and the actual sexual assaults that he's True. been accused of, like. Yes, he shouldn't actually even very be yeah. questioned. I mean, we shouldn't even have him as a president. He should not have won yeah. with all of these things happening. And exactly. yes, he should resign because of these things, which he's never going to do. And Congress should impeach him because of all of these things. This is just <coughs> really, I think it really hasn't, you know, why I'm saying it, like, it hasn't gotten the coverage because when you look at all the other crap we already know about this guy, it's like, yeah, you had a fair. Like, are you surprised by that? Add like, it to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, add it to the list. And it doesn't even, probably doesn't even rise into the like top 10 craziest crap that he's done this week. That's yeah. true. I mean. Uh, Michael <laughs> Steele, the former head of the RNC, um, had a, a, a rant. Uh, he was on uh, MSNBC and he was talking about not Trump, but the evangelical pa- uh, pastor's uh, who have been supporting Trump. And oh, he's, yeah. You know, he, he's got a great <laughs> soundbite. He's like, you just need to shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't ever preach, uh, you know, about mm-hmm. anything to me ever again if you're going to support this guy. Yeah. So right. I, I think there, you know, there is the value of really mm-hmm. exposing hypocrisy amongst Trump supporters. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, he spoke at the March for Life. I mean, you want to talk about the crazy stuff Donald Trump says and does. Like, he... he that talked video, via video feed to the March for Life last week and said, this is gonna, you're all going to find this really shocking, that a woman in the United States today can go nine full months and then give birth in every state in this country. We need to put a stop to that. <laughs> and then the whole march clapped and cheered. No one scratched their heads. Nobody went, what? <laughs> isn't that how it's supposed to work? Yeah. Aren't we supposed to be pregnant for nine months? It's actually really closer to 10. 40 weeks uh, for any woman who's been pregnant complains about that one right. but like that's what's supposed to happen you're supposed to yeah. be pregnant for nine months and then give birth it's yeah. mm, I think you're supposed to say another word there dude but like they weren't even listening to the words they were just clapping and cheering because yeah. he was speaking words that out of his mouth very often mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so you know yeah I think the real highlight is like looking at the groups and the people who are still supporting this person after all of these things and saying, what is wrong with you that you can't yeah. see that you are so obsessed with banning abortion that you're willing to ignore the fact that he sexually assaulted. He walked into like the young Miss American, like underage girls dressing room while they were getting dressed. I mean, yes. if you are pro-life, you should care about that. Exactly. So yeah, it's just, I think that is, I think Michael Steele hit that nail right on the head on that one. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, moving from one scandal to the other, uh, Larry Nasser was uh, <gasps> sentenced to uh, 175 freaking years. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of the years. All um, of the years. The judge uh, did amazing. terrific. Yes, um, so amazing. Saying that she'd signed his death warrant. I loved um, it. Mm-hmm. She did, you know, her job. She kind of tossed his paper over to the side <laughs> instead of reading it. Um, when you, you know, kind of spoke about how hard it was to listen to all the testimonies. Cry me a river. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not fooling anyone. So mm-hmm. um, uh, the I president, think justice was served. Yes. Mm-hmm. The president of Michigan State uh, last night resigned Dying. her position yes, yes. Uh, be- because of failure to uh, adequately investigate mm-hmm. uh, and yes. stop this um, because a lot of these programs are going through Michigan State University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the warning signs mm-hmm. were there. Some of the um, girls actually spoke up to several different people. 
Um, and, you know, they were kind of told either this will be bad for both of you guys or do you mm-hmm. really want to bring this attention on you right now? They were really deterred from, you know, um, going forward with the, the allegations that they were bringing uh, forth. Yeah. Well, I think it really goes along with, uh, I heard some of the gymnasts speaking to this. I can't, I don't know if it was in their statements or if it was just in media interviews, but they really went to this whole infantilization of gymnasts that they're supposed to be just the cute little girls and they're supposed to be quiet and they're supposed Mm. to be well behaved and controlled. And, you know, and that really just fed into this whole thing of I'm not allowed to talk up. I'm not allowed to speak up. I'm just supposed to be this silent little girl who who performs perfectly for you. Even though some of these, you know, athletes are 20 years old we, you know, infantilize them into these cute little girls and pigtails. And it's just, it's been, it's an interesting kind of piece of this whole thing that kind of let it fester and fester right. and fester. For as long as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this, that, what you were just speaking to is, is actually the opinion uh, that my wife brought up. Um, is, uh, you know, so if, if you don't like this opinion, don't blame me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to repeat it. Um, you know, she said the, the entire sport of gymnastics is basically, you know, put some glitter on your hair and your body and then put on the skin tight outfit and then go roll around on the floor with your legs spread. And so that they're mm-hmm. the nature of the sport lends itself to sexualizing girls. And, and I know because, you know, my sister took gymnastics that, this does start at like age four. Mm-hmm. You're talking mm-hmm. about infantilizing women. My daughter women. started at like 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they start early. Right. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, condemn gymnastics because there are girls that this is an entry point mm-hmm. to athletics. There is Absolutely. value to this. Yeah. Um, you know, a, the Ohio State University probably has some really proud, mm-hmm. terrific student athletes that are doing gymnastics yes. as a legit sport. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's such a fine line there between athletics and just that inappropriate mm-hmm. show of you know of girls okay. that I think if you're a coach if you're especially if you're a parent um, you know looking out for the signs of mm-hmm. inappropriate behavior it's got to be absolutely critical. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the case with any sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've heard about swimmers who have had coaches that have, um, you know, uh, assaulted them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's horrible. But yeah, I think a lot of the gymnasts, too, who actually take it to the next level, some of them actually move away from yeah. home. So that makes it even harder to kind of yeah, see yeah. the signs or even just, mm-hmm. you know, be able to protect your child because they're no longer with you. You know, you want them to um, capture their dream and, and do what they love. But then there's that flip side of it. Like, you know, what if this happens? And it does happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not to blame the parents for what oh, yeah, no, know, definitely this doctor not, did. No. Not blaming the parents at all. It's just... But the um, entire thing nobody, needs an overhaul. <laughs> yeah, nobody's expecting to send their child away to be, you know, um, sexually assaulted at all, you know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you have people like Larry who is sick person. Yeah. Right. Well, my wife's a social worker, so her first thought is if we send her kids away, there might be somebody there looking to sexually. <laughs> she I is mean, on the lookout. I, I don't blame her. I'm the same way. So. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, just the, I mean, so, you know, they've, 
he's going to jail for the rest of his life. She said he's, she's signing his death warrant as she sentenced yeah. him yesterday. Right. You know, we've seen Michigan State's president resign. Um, USA Gymnastics has cut all their ties with the Caroli mm-hmm. Ranch because it was that program that sent most of, if not all of these girls to right. this and doctor. Anyway, um, and Bella Caroli is the new Joe Paterno of the <laughs> gymnastics world. Yeah, Gosh, so yeah. it's it's it'll be interesting to see yeah. you know where they do go from this and mm-hmm. how they do grow and yeah. you know I think parents are going to be, but I think you know because we all like to think you know I'm protecting my kid mm-hmm. you know I hope that it doesn't become this like well my kid's a swimmer instead of gymnastics so it's fine like I don't yeah. have to worry like you know I really hope mm-hmm. that you know we can really kind of change this culture universally because we do kind of segment these things out and. You know, and I hope USA Gymnastics also doesn't do that. Well, we cut ties with Crowley Ranch and Nasher's in jail and, you know, these other things happen. So we're fine. We don't need to do anything else. Um, I think there are a lot of um, former USA Gymnastics um, (laughs) athletes who are going to hopefully continue to push them to do the right thing and everything. But, I mean, it was really powerful to see the power in all of those women coming forward and Mm -hmm. telling their stories. You know, that they, a lot of them were doing it for the first time and felt comfortable doing it because there were, what, 60 or 80 other women also giving their victim impact statements to the the same court. And being heard and being believed by this judge, I think, is also another really good first step towards creating the culture we need for people to be able to be to speak out and be believed and not let this fester for the years and years and years and years and years that it did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay. Hopefully good things will come out of very, very, very bad things. Yeah. So rotten hell, Larry Nasser. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the next thing. <laughs> also known as a, as a solitary confinement cell, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm kind of thinking he may try to attempt suicide. Most people oh, like I'm him. Oh, I'm sure he's going to be on suicide They can't deal with watch, this, yeah. and they take the easy route out, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, may he rest in hell. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the uh, last week's show was Kelly Freeman talking with some comedians. Mm-hmm. Before that uh, was a, a show of just our staff. We discussed candidates for governor. Um, I thought we'd take another round at that since it's been a couple weeks. Um, again, just to reiterate the main point that we emphasized at that time, nothing that we're saying here is an endorsement of nope. any kind. Endorsements are something issued by our board. It's literally above our pay grade. Um, so while we might say nice things or bad things about it, these are just personal opinions. We're even going to try and stay away from opinions. Yes, yes. no opinions. <laughs> but we do, we do just want to, right. uh, you know, kind of uh, update people on uh, candidates for governor. Um, uh, so starting with the Republican side, since that's just what comes up first on this Wikipedia article. <laughs> Uh, Mike DeWine is still running with John Houston as a running mate. Mm-hmm. Um, the only all-male ticket for... The only all-male <laughs> ticket. Um, mm, All-white male governor. Yeah, ticket here, for governor. Here, here we'll get into the opinions. Mike DeWine's not a good person. <laughs> um, you should not vote for Mike DeWine. Um, has that is a fact. A, yes. Has a, a terrible years-long record of destroying abortion access mm-hmm. here in the state through mm-hmm. direct action of his office as attorney general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, Mike DeWine is somebody that we are actively campaigning against. Yes. Um, he's not good. For many, many reasons. Many reasons yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Mary Taylor uh, is running against him. So there's really just two candidates for governor now in yes, the so. yes, race. Yes, yeah. um, her running mate is a businessman with an anti-choice uh 
not voting record, he doesn't vote, mm-hmm. but has made statements against abortion rights, Nathan, Nathan Estreth, Estruth? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Mary Taylor was just in the dispatch yesterday. There was an article talking about how she claims that she hasn't talked to John Kasich in over a year. She's <laughs> kind of saying that as like a point of pride. I'm like... You're the lieutenant governor. You haven't <laughs> right. talked to the governor in a year, I and you're saying this say as that. a good thing? I don't get it. I, I don't need is it. Is she just not doing her job? Right. Like, <laughs> if I had talked to my boss in a year, I wouldn't be employed. Yeah, that seems uh-huh. very weird. She just doesn't want to be tagged with yeah. Kasich because the base of the Republican Party doesn't like John Kasich right now. So She was his running mate in two consecutive elections. Uh-huh. There's no way that you get rid of the Kasich there's, tag. There's she's not. trying but hard. She's trying, yeah, she's trying she's to make trying that separation. Hard. Apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, she picked, I mean, the guy she picked for a running mate is a darling of the Tea Partiers too. So she's definitely trying to like snake out that part of the base now that Renacy is out and running for Senate. Right. Renacy is out running for Senate, uh, replacing Josh Mandel, who stepped aside because of family health issues. Yes. Um, I had 10 bucks on Renacy taking this spot. Uh, so. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do owe Gabe. Actually, no, I owe uh, Jamie and Kelly because Gabe said, give it to you guys. You guys, <laughs> he owes you guys money. We're so. just passing cash on the yes. office. <laughs> um, so uh, Renacy running against Sherrod Brown, Sherrod Brown being the guy that NARAL has endorsed like every other time yes. because he's, he's amazing. Amazing, amazing person. Um, so he even tweeted out an amazing picture on the anniversary of Roe, which we have left off the podcast. It's <laughs> 45th anniversary of Roe happened this week, you know, mm-hmm. just a minor detail. Um, but, um, he actually tweeted out a picture in, in memory of that with, um, our organizer Kelly, um, from last year while she was still pregnant with her baby, um, commemorating that. So that was awesome this week too. That was right. So, uh, NARAL national will be making endorsements yes. for the U S Senate race. Mm-hmm. They have not endorsed anything but they have in the past so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, okay so moving over to the democratic side um, which is uh, a lot (laughs) yes there's many many people Um, again we're not endorsing in any of these uh richard cordray's running with betty sutton as a running mate Mm -hmm. uh richard cordray is the former director of the consumer financial protection bureau and former attorney general Mm -hmm. betty sutton is a former member of congress so um they're running together uh, Dennis Kucinich, we didn't talk about him last time. He is okay. now in the race, former uh, member of Congress, mm-hmm. uh, former uh, presidential candidate. Um, Perennial, yes. like Rand Paul-esque. <laughs> yes. The presidential that was candidate. That my exact uh, comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Earned him the uh, Amy Poehler. Uh, <laughs> Which there is no video of. Like They We're have searching. a listing for uh, the archive because it's be a continued. really great Amy Poehler impression. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's, I, I love Amy Poehler in so many things, but she did a really good Dennis Kucinich, so we're going to have to find it. But I can find like the listing in their archive, but no link to the video. So right. we're going to have to... Uh, Mr. Kucinich's running mate is Tara Samples. She's an Akron City Councilwoman. Okay. So... Uh, Bill O'Neill is a current justice of the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, his running mate is Chantel Lewis. She's an elementary school principal and former East City, 
East Cleveland City Councilwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can note Bill O'Neill, today is Thursday the 25th. Tomorrow is the day that he is announced to be his last day serving on the state Supreme Court. Yes, because mm-hmm. he's not technically supposed to be a, a candidate for governor and on the court at the same time, which also means on a side note that we will hear from, I think Kasich actually said that today or tomorrow he would announce who the replacement will be for him. By him stepping off the Supreme Court, it will mean that all seven of the Ohio Supreme Court justices will be Republicans in the state of Ohio. He was the only Democratic member. Yes. Uh, Connie Pillich. We talked about uh, Ms. Pillich last time. She uh, was a former state representative. Um, she now has a running mate, Scott Scherzer. Uh, he's the mayor of Marion. Uh, so... Uh, Connie Pillich is from the Cincinnati area, and Marion is up north, so mm-hmm. that's sort of a, a north-south pairing of uh, of candidate and running mate. Um, and then Joe Schiavone is a state senator and former minority leader of the Ohio Senate. His running mate is Stephanie Dodd. Uh, she is on the State Board of Education currently. Yes. So uh, it also lists on Wikipedia a candidate named Dave Kiefer, former <laughs> Wayne County Commissioner um, and Republican candidate for state rep in 2016. Haven't heard anything about Mr. Kiefer. Yes. Um, Don't know that's oh. a valid thing. To, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about the two who withdrew, um, Nan Whaley and, and uh, Betty Sutton, obviously to become the yeah. uh, running mate for yep. Yep. Richard Cordray? Um, and Nan Whaley, again, we should uh, emphasize the mayor of Dayton is yes. really awesome. Yes. yes. So we love Nan Whaley. Yes. Uh, so that's the race as it stands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of interested in wondering if um, it, the race doesn't go Bill O'Neill's way, what will he do next? I mean, he'd be, he's really going to be in the same position he was because he's going to get kicked off the court this year anyway because he's too old to run again. Gotcha. We've got um, you don't have age limits for you know people like the president right. who can right. launch <laughs> nuclear weapons, but we have age limits on Supreme Court justices. So he was too old to run again for Supreme Court. So who knows what I'll do? Retire. Go away. Uh. Okay. Uh, to be continued. Uh, and so then the last thing we're going to talk about uh, before we get to upcoming events is the Oscars. Uh, the nominations were announced. Um, you want to talk about Lady Bird? I forgot her name already again. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. Greta, so, yeah. <laughs> so um, unlike the Golden Globes, um, the director of Lady Bird did actually get a Best Director nomination. Greta what did you say? Gerwig. Gerwig. I keep forgetting her <laughs> name. Um, was not nominated. She was totally snubbed, um, even though Lady Bird won for Best Comedy slash Musical um, in the Golden Globes, she could not win Best Director because she was nominated. So she got nominated. She's only like the she was the first one, first woman nominated in Best Director for in the, like the last eight or nine years um, for the Oscars, and she's only one of a handful of women who've ever been nominated yeah. for Best Director um, in the Oscars. So, right. I mean, it's sad that we're there because, but then you just remember that like Viola Davis was the first Black woman, and like she was. Like last year, the year before last. I mean, I, it's it's interesting that the that Hollywood kind of prides itself on these like this liberal bastion of wonderfulness, but they kind of really suck yeah. when it comes to actually giving a variety of people big huge awards. It's always like white men. Right. Well, supposedly they're changing that and trying to be more diverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the nominating committee. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, Catherine Bigelow uh, is the female Best Director winner. Yes. Ever. Only one. Yes. And in what year was it? 
that was for the Hurt Locker. I don't have the year in front of me. So yeah, that was not too long. Yeah. She was probably the last one nominated. Uh, in, yeah, because that was probably about like eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sad that uh, that was been that long. Linda Wertmuller was nominated uh, for a film in 1976 called Seven Beauties. Jane Campion uh, was nominated for the piano. Um, so uh, you know, it's it's a very short list here. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, yeah. Of of women nominated for uh for director. Yep. So and that was a point during the Golden Globes because they brought out Barbara Streisand and she um she had won for best uh, won a Golden Globe mm-hmm. uh for best director, but that was back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh and so she came out and she's like, I can't believe there's nobody, you know, because they'd said it over the loudspeaker uh-huh. and she's like, Did you hear that? <laughs> They're all dudes. Nobody. Um yeah, so you know, that's that's a. We still a, have a long way to go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also up for uh, best director is Jordan Peele. He uh, made Get Out. Um, so. so for fans out there like Gabe and I, <laughs> right? We're gonna discuss spoilers. So mute your uh, your your listening device for like a minute or so if you don't want to hear spoilers and Get Out. So. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. Mute. Funny. It was a great movie. It was an awesome movie. Like, I heard so much about it before I watched it, but when I watched it, I was, like, stung. I was just kind of stunned. I'm like, the end of it was just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the premise of it was, like, white people were taking black people to make them like them. But you still wanted that person to be black. You just wanted them to act like you, like a white person. Is that what you got out of it? Yeah. You know, I... I knew that there was going to, it, it was billed as a horror movie, right? Yes. So, so you knew that there was just going to be some crazy Twisted. mind twist here. But I was expecting like a little one, not like a <laughs> massive, and you know, yeah. this Earth is shattering. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think this is Jordan Peele's statement that he's making. Is, he made a very large, there isn't like a bad guy. Loud statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? White supremacy exists. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it really well made too. You know, Stanley mm-hmm. Kubrick, Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. These are the sort of styles of filmmaking mm-hmm. that he's definitely in the same vein of here. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. You know, I, d- I don't know that he's going to win Best Director, but he would definitely deserve it if he did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and 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 there's an ending. We don't want to give away the ending, but yeah. <laughs> where, Just in case Jamie wants to go see it. Hint, hint. <laughs> It's on the list. It just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> there, there's a split second in the ending where everybody watching that suddenly visualizes. That's what I've heard from like everyone yeah. that's seen it. That you like, it just it's, clicks in your brain. It brilliant. does. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's the Gabe and Vashita two thumbs up. So Yeah, and I'm the only one that's seen it so far, but um, Three Billboards was also amazing. Um, it was really interesting because it, it, it gets billed as a very simple movie, and it's so just not. It's like not, I Wait, mean, it's about these billboards, three, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh. So the premise is that this woman's daughter was raped and murdered and like set on fire. I mean, it was a horrific crime. Yeah, and there was really just no evidence, so there's been no movement in the case in, like, seven months. So she drives by these three, like, falling-apart billboards that nobody's put an ad on since, like, 1980 because, like, in a lot of our small towns, we build a big, huge freeway 
and nobody ever goes down this little small state route anymore. So, sure. so she goes up and like tries to buy these billboards and the guy, you know, lets her rent these billboards. So she basically calls out the chief of police on oh, nice. the billboards for, you know, I think it's uh, the first one was like raped while murdered, raped and set on fire while murdered, but still no arrests. Why not chief Willoughby or like wow. the three messages on these billboards. And like most small towns, like everyone has an opinion about everything. And, you know, so it's a very complex movie about how small towns work and just like humanity in general. It was, it was a very interesting movie and a lot, I feel like a lot deeper and more complex than I was expecting it to be. I mean, it's definitely not like a, let's go see a great movie and feel all great and happy. (laughs) That's not the movie you want to see in that mood, but like it was a really, really, really good movie. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe something to look out for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So looking forward to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the last thing we want to talk about is our upcoming events. Yes. Um, on January 31st, uh, we've got our Road Together 2.0 uh, in Columbus. Yes. What's happening then? So we're basically, um, so it's a lunch and learn, so from noon to 2 on the 31st, free child care, free lunch. So if you've got kids and need somebody to watch them for you to be able to come, Register um, and tell us you're bringing your kids so we can um, make sure we've got enough folks to take care of them. Um, And we're going to talk about kind of what's going on in the state of Ohio and then also then what, um, how we can have conversations about abortion amongst friends and family and those kind of things um, based on a national networks of, of abortion funds kind of conversation guide. So it should be a really great kind of push from last year's kind of take these small little actions um, kind of trainings this year, one big, huge training on how we have these conversations better. Right. So that's going to be Wednesday, January 31st at noon, First Unitarian Universalist Church of Columbus. Um, Event information, registration, tickets are free, but please do register uh, in the show notes. Yes. So. We need everybody to register to be able to come. So do I? Do I have to register? Yes, we need all staff to register too. So. <laughs> <laughs> need to get that. Um, okay, so uh, February fourth at Holy Craft in Columbus, uh, Kelly Freeman's doing another Crafternoon. Yes. Um, this has now become her monthly standing mm-hmm. craft yes. event. Should be cool. So all crafters, listen up. Yes. <laughs> Join right. her. Uh, February eighth uh, in Cleveland is their Row Together two uh, taking advocacy to the next level. So uh, similar program to what you just described. Yeah, I think they're going to have some legislators and some other folks kind of talking about best practices and those kind of things. So, yeah. Right. Thursday, February 8th, 6.30 p.m., Trinity Cathedral in Cleveland. Uh, register. Links in the show notes. Um, and then uh, we've got February 20th, Columbus Stand Up for Choice. We're the beneficiaries of yes. this uh, go around. This was the subject of last week's podcast mm-hmm. um, at Ace of Cups, uh, February 20th. Uh, doors open at 7.30 um, for a, a comedy show there. Should yes. be good. Um, and then it's not yet on our event calendar, but has just been scheduled, mm-hmm. uh, annual lobby day on April 10th. Yes. So our annual Coalition Freedom of Choice Ohio um, Advocacy Day will be um, on February 10th. And we'll kind of be themed after a lot of the the row together events and, you know, storytelling and sharing our stories and why and how bills like these aren't just legislation that is passed in the state house and goes nowhere. It's things that impact the lives of families in our state. Right. It'll be very fun. 
Okay. And then also stay tuned for, you know, state house updates because we didn't have any hearings this week, so we didn't talk about it, but we very well could see movement on any of the bills that frequent listeners been have been hearing about at any time. So stay tuned. Right. Okay. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.